If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fantasy Sports Network presents NBA Takeaways. Hello and welcome to Hardwood Takeaways, brought to you by FNTSY Radio. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. You can find me on the Twitter, at Bogman Sports. This show is going to be taking a look at the action that happened in the NBA from the previous night as you're listening to this. Uh, Usually, it will be hosted either by me, Scott Bogman, or Chris Welsh. You can find him on the Twitter, at IsItTheWelsh, or sometimes we will have a combo. But for the most part, it's going to be one of us, not both of us. We will take a look at the action from the night and uh, you know, give you the information, the stuff that we think that you need, and our opinions on stuff. I figured this being the very first show, I'll go ahead and burn through all 30 teams in the NBA, tell you their record, and tell you what I have seen and what my first impressions are from these teams. So let's go ahead and start out in the East. The Atlanta Hawks are 2-0 and to start the year. They won 117-100 at Detroit in the very first game and 103-99 over the Orlando Magic. My very first impression here with this team is that Trey Young is very, very, very good. And, you know, he had a great second half of the year last year, but I wasn't sure that you know, some people had put the Hawks in the playoff picture and all that stuff. I think they, I thought they were always kind of outside looking in, but with the way Trey has been so far to start out the year, I mean, he's shooting almost uh, 59%, averaging 38.5 points a game, seven boards, nine assists, a steal and a half, 
five and a half threes. He has been incredible. And starting out 2-0 is huge. They got a real challenge coming up tonight against Philly, who is also 2-0. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun year to be a Hawks fan, and I think that they could possibly contend for a playoff spot in the East. Speaking of the 76ers, they are also 2-0, and I guess I would have to say my first impression of them is this is exactly what we expected. The Sixers should be one of the top seeds in the East, and they are playing like it. They're 2-0. They beat Boston, and they beat uh, Detroit on the road. Embiid has only played in one game. That worries me a little bit that he already missed a game, two games. Into the season, I I guess he's going to be okay. They're saying 20 games, but I don't know. He's just... It seems like that GTD is always next to his name as a fantasy nerd, and I know it's an ankle sprain, and he should be able to recover from it. Just makes me a little bit nervous for his uh, future, but I think even without him, this is going to be a very good team, and we're kind of Denny Green here. They are who we thought they were, and they're going to be really good the whole year. They should be one of the top seeds in the East. Speaking of Boston, their only loss was to the 76ers so far this year. They are 2-1. They lost that game. They beat the Knicks on the road, and they beat Toronto at home. I think if I'm going with the theme for the Celtics so far, it's that they're not yet there yet. You know, they're getting there, uh, but there's a lot of new pieces. Plus, there was some weirdness in the locker room at the end of last season. You know, we weren't surprised to see Irving go. But to see Horford go and kind of, you know, I mean, he didn't burn any bridges or anything, but he just said he felt like he didn't fit or, you know, however it goes there. Um, They're just not there yet. You know, Walker is still working his way in. Who's going to be the other guy in the front court next to Enos Cantor? Robert Williams, Thies, Taco Fall. I mean, who is that guy going to be And are we going to get the step up from Gordon Hayward to put him back where he was before the horrific injury? So these questions are not answered yet. That's what I want to see answered throughout the year. And they're going to come together. You know, they're two and one right now, but they're going to play better than that. They should be one of the highest seeds in the East. The Miami Heat have the same two and one record, uh, but their grade is really incomplete here so far through their first three games because we haven't seen Jimmy Butler play for them. Bam Adebayo has been uh, real nice for them. Kendrick Nunn has been great. Justice Winslow is averaging a ton of minutes, and Goran has kind of looked more like himself so far uh, this season. So they're playing great right now. We'll see what happens, and uh, hopefully they keep it going with you know, they just put Jimmy Butler right in that lineup. Toronto also 2-1. and one. I would have to say that I'm really impressed. I was kind of wondering how Pascal Siakam was going to play now that Kawhi Leonard's gone. And maybe that was a silly thing to worry about, but sometimes you just need to be second fiddle. But Siakam ain't that guy, and that's good to know uh, real early, too, because he is averaging 28.7 points, 10.7 boards, 3.7 assists, and he's knocking down threes. Uh, he's got, what is that, eight threes through three games. So he's been great overall, and he is really, you know, uh, I think on Roto World I saw them ask, can he win most improved player of the year two years in a row? You know what I mean? I don't know that we're going to go that far with him, but uh, he's been real good to start, and they are not missing too many beats here. So they're looking real good.
There's a bunch of one and one teams here. Let's just start out with Milwaukee since they were the highest seed last year. Uh, I think the thing that uh, sticks out to me the most is that GA has fouled out of the first two games. I don't know if teams are playing him better, um, if it's something that is going to become a trend. I can't imagine that it is, but um, just something I've noticed so far through their first two games. Uh, Cleveland also one and one, and they were the worst record last year. Kind of funny. Uh, Kevin Love looks healthy and he looks good. The thing that I worry about is Kevin Love is playing real well. Tristan Thompson also is right now, but Kevin Love is also leading this team in assist. I love I I like him a lot, and I'm super excited to see him play this season. I'm a little worried about a teardown for him. You know what I mean? Like if uh, he just can't handle all of this workload. So they someone needs to step up. If it's Colin Sexton in his second year, uh, you know they took Darius Garland real high. Tristan Thompson already seems to be making a little bit of a dent in that, but he's not a passer. You know, someone in the backcourt needs to step up because the frontcourt has played great so far. So uh, we'll see about them moving forward. The Orlando Magic are one and one. And I think Markel Fultz coming out and, you know, playing well enough and really kind of slowly putting to bed. You know, I feel like when we get 15 games under his belt, right? 15 games where he didn't have any type of weird medical issue and he doesn't get the yips again. And I think we're going to start putting that to bed and start seeing him kind of come out of his shell more and more and more. So I think just the fact that he's gotten in there and uh, really played pretty well so far is my biggest takeaway from the magic. Um, The one and two teams here. Uh, Charlotte is one and two. They won their first game by one point and they lost the next two and it's going to be a long year if you're a Charlotte fan and uh, I just struggle to know who the best player on this team is I know that they uh, paid Terry Rozier but is PJ Washington now the best player on this team is Cody Zeller I mean I don't know who the best player on Charlotte is and and whoever it is it's still a a, a low threshold uh, Brooklyn's one and two um Kyrie Irving is doing it on the court. My concern with Kyrie Irving always is about his stuff in the locker room. And, you know, going from Cleveland where maybe he was a bad teammate, I don't know if I would go that far, but if he was, we would never know it because no one cared about Kyrie because LeBron was there. And that's why he wanted out and he got to Boston and the spotlight has not been good on him. I know he's excited to be in Brooklyn um, and, you know, playing with his, well, he will eventually play someday with one of his best friends and Kevin Durant. But um, right now, um, you know, the locker room, like I said, is the thing that I worry about. But on the court, who is going to be the other guy next to him? A lot of people are calling for Karis LeVert to step up. You know, Jared Allen has looked pretty good, but is he even a starter on this team? Because uh, DeAndre Jordan started tonight's game. So I, I'm not 100% sure who the second guy there is, um, but they should be improved because they have Kyrie, of course. Detroit is 1-2. and two. Andre Drummond looking really good so far. And the thing here is, is once again, this is kind of an incomplete team because we haven't gotten to see Blake play yet. And I know... Uh, Blake is going to miss the next three games at least and then be reevaluated. So I'm not 100% sure how long he is going to be gone. We've seen him miss a ton of games. 
over his NBA career. So hopefully they can get him back real soon, I guess is all I would say about the Pistons. Uh, the Wizards are 1-2. and two. Bradley Beal has looked good, but he also got ejected in his first game. I don't know. You, you know, you can't be the team leader and get ejected in game one. It's just not something that should be happening. So uh, we'll see how he looks uh, moving forward here. But, you know, the front court has looked decent. Bryant and Bertans have looked great. Rui Hachimura is almost averaging a double-double, 16.3 and 7.7. So, um, you know, you're going to be watching for players if you're a Wizards fan this year because it's probably still not going to be a very good year. Uh, Chicago 1-2 and two so far. My thing with the Bulls is the the backcourt seemed to be confusing coming in, but it seemed like through three games we may have already settled this. It looks like it's just going to be uh, Levine and Kobe White. Sadoransky has not looked good at all. Um, Chris Dunn is moving to a bench role. We kind of knew that coming into the season. We know the top three up there are Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen, and Otto Porter Jr. So uh, we know what's going on in the front court. The back court was a confusing thing. Kobe White has come out firing. And uh, Chicago, you know, they, they could play for a playoff spot. I wouldn't completely put them out of it, but it's not something that I would uh, lay my hard-earned cash on. I'll say that. The Pacers are 0-2, um, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces here, and Oladipo needs to come back. That is obviously the biggest piece that they have missing. But you know, people forget this team on paper is really still really really good. Brogdon comes over from Milwaukee, and T.J. Warren comes in from Phoenix. So these guys are trying to build on a rhythm, right? And they still don't have their biggest piece yet. So I think the early going for the Pacers could be. Uh, you know, a little bit tough to watch if you're an Indiana fan. So I think they're going to get real good. I still expect them to make the playoffs in the East once Oladipo comes back. But fitting all these pieces together um, and still waiting on your biggest piece is not good. So I think it's going to take a little bit for them to get rolling, but um, not impressive so far. The last team that we have here is the Knicks, our 0-3, um, you know, one of the youngest teams in the NBA. No surprising they're going to be going through um, bumps and bruises here in the early going. Fizdale has crazy rotations. It makes me nuts as a fantasy basketball fan because I don't know. I, I put a lot of stock into Mitchell Robinson this year, but he needs to get minutes. And Randall's been real good uh, there already. It looks like Peyton is going to be the main guard for them. So there's going to be growing pains, but they're going to have a lot of money to spend, I guess is what we can say about the Knicks moving forward. going to be a long year if you're a Knicks fan. Let's go over to the West, shall we? The Timberwolves are 3-0, and and I guess my first impression would be, did someone steal Anthony Davis' soul and put it into Carl Anthony Towns? Because... He is playing lights out already, uh, 32 points uh, a game, 13.3 rebounds, averaging five threes through the first three games here, um, five assists, three steals, two blocks. He's the number one player in fantasy. He's just been a real delight to watch so far, and if he's going to play like this, he's going to win the MVP, and the Wolves are going into the playoffs. So uh, I don't know if he can keep that up against tougher opponents. They've got Philly coming up on Wednesday, and then moving into 
November. They're at Washington. That's a decent one. But uh, Milwaukee, that's going to be a nice, uh, fun game to watch with the way they've been playing. The Spurs have started out 2-0. and uh, I mean, I guess if you want to call it that, they played the Knicks and the Wizards at home so far. So not really the toughest of matchups. They got Portland at home tonight. So that should be a fun game to watch here. But is anyone surprised that Greg Popovich has his team ready and they're not going to lose games like this that they shouldn't be losing? So the Spurs were very up and down last season. And I don't expect to see that again from a Greg Popovich-led team, though. So I think more consistency. A lot of people are having this team out of the playoffs, but I don't think so. I think that the Spurs are a playoff team in the West so far. The Nuggets are also 2-0 and here. Um, you know, the Nuggets just look like they look a lot like they looked last year. And I think... That is a very good thing for them. Obviously, they were the number one seed in the West last season, so you want to stick with that. I don't know if they're going to get there. The West is unbelievably um, deep, but they're going to win more games than they lose. Uh, and that's, you know, I know that's kind of a cliche bit to say. It sounds almost like a coaching bit, but this is going to be a very, very good team. They're solid, and barely anybody can beat them. You know, the Suns look pesky this year so far i'll say that and they beat them it is a tough matchup but and they also beat portland in portland which is a hard thing to do so as long as they're healthy uh they are going to be super competitive and already showing off with them being 2-0 the suns who i just told you about are 2-1 they look pesky and they look like uh they know that their rotations are good Got a little bit hurt already, obviously, with DeAndre Ayton getting a 25-game suspension for, um, you know, looks like a masking agent is pretty much what he got popped for, so who knows what the hell he was doing. Uh, That's going to hurt them a lot, but Rubio has improved his team already, and he's already missed a game. So, um, you know, he's looked uh, real good, and... Uh, Booker is looking to just add on. The guy gets better every single year, and I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. The Clippers are two and one. They came out the gates impressive. They beat the Lakers and they beat Golden State, which might not be as impressive as we thought it was. But then they lost to the Suns, so I think it's going to be a little bit up and down. Obviously, this team, a lot of new pieces. Uh, Kawhi coming in, Paul George is going to come back at some point. But I think the core of what they are and just the great leadership that they have between Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly, the Clippers are my favorite team in the West. I think they're going to be the number one seed in the West this year, and uh, I think they could easily go to the finals. And I haven't seen much to change my mind on them so far this season. The Lakers are also 2-1 so far this year uh, after getting beat by the Clippers 1-12 102 to start the year they beat uh utah and charlotte these are games you know utah can be tough but they should beat utah charlotte uh anyone should beat charlotte so not super impressive i think my big question here and i still have it is who else besides lebron and ad who else is gonna be you know kuzma hasn't played yet we'll see him get in there uh is is he going to make that big of a difference is he going to take that big of a step because look Danny Green has uh, put together a couple great games Uh, Dwight Howard has looked good out there but the rest of the pieces are kind of you know subpar below average whatever you want to call them Um, who else and I don't know that I've had much so far this year to dispel me of still asking that question 
So I like the Lakers a lot. Uh, I think they're putting together one of the best teams, but I think there are either deeper teams in Denver or teams that have higher end, you know, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, plus all of their pieces are much deeper and better than what the Lakers have. So I'm not buying in yet. Um, Portland 2-1, and one, not a surprise. Lillard needs to step up. He needs to be the MVP this year. I think he can do it if the Blazers want to be taken seriously. I think they need home court advantage because Portland is such a great home court advantage and they have the team to do it this year. You know, when you have uh when you have Lillard and McCollum in the backcourt, uh Whiteside up front, this team this team should not lose many games. And if Lillard is taking that next step into the MVP category, I think uh, I think they're going to be a very very high seed. So I mean, the West is going to be crazy, but I think they should be one of the best teams. Utah is two and one. I don't think the record is surprising, but I've been less than impressed uh, with this team so far. I mean, they beat Sacramento, they beat Oklahoma City, who they should beat, and they lost to the Lakers. Uh, Donovan Mitchell needs to take the next step, but Mike Conley has not fit yet. He has just not looked good at all. In the last game, he did uh, step it up a little bit more. 12 points, 3 boards, and 8 assists. So that was very nice for him. But in those first couple games, I mean, uh, (laughs) the very first game, he was 1 of 16, 3 of 11, and only 5 of 11 last night. So a couple of threes, 3 threes to 3 games. It's just not, he's not there yet. And I don't know if it's a new scenario. I mean, he was playing in... Uh, Memphis for a long time so obviously you know that stuff can be a little bit rattling but I don't know what's going on with him he needs to step up and I feel like they're two and one despite his struggles Um, then we've also got Dallas at two and one Doncic and there's not a lot of room for him to move up but it seems like he's already kind of uh, moved up I mean 29.3 points per game three threes his field goal percentage is at 50% already, and he shot terribly. It was hovering right around uh, 40% last year. He shot uh, shooting from the line a little bit better, something he still needs to improve on, uh, but he's shooting closer to 80% this year, which is nice. And he's also got 2.3 steals and lower takeaways, or excuse me, turnovers at 4.3 for a player that handles the ball as much as he does. And, you know, Porzingis is fitting right in so far. He's knocking down triples. He's scoring a bunch of points. Uh, rebounds are a little bit low, but Luka averages 10, you know, so that's not that surprising. And DeLon Wright had a terrible preseason, but he's fitting in already here. So um, only averaging 11 points, but 4.3 boards, 3.7 assists, two steals. So he's looked real, real nice to start the year. And, um, you know, Dallas Dallas is one of those surprising teams. I don't know that they're going to put it all together. They're very young. And, you know, Kristaps Porzingis needs to stay healthy uh, before we expect much from them. But um, they've looked good so far. Now we've got a bunch of teams sitting here that are one and one. And we can just start with my Rockets. And my Rockets are one and one because James Harden just hasn't put together a very good game yet. Uh, you know, they beat the Pelicans the other night, but they lost the very first game and they were up and then, you know, just Harden is not shooting very well. And uh, through the first couple games, yes, he has 29 and 19 points, 
uh, 14 assists against Milwaukee, but they lost that game even with GA getting fouled out, and he was 2 of 13 in that game, but he made 14 free throws. He was 8 of 29. Um, he's shooting 23.8%. Harden has not put a complete game together. So, you know, until Westbrook and Harden are both looking good and they're losing games, that's when we panic. Harden hasn't looked good yet so far. So, you know, it's going to be, it, there's going to be a learning curve here. And you, it's just, it's tough to get through that learning curve in the West with uh, the, you know, the deck kind of already stacked against you. Uh, the Thunder and the Grizzlies are kind of in similar uh, spots here. They're both start out one and two here. Uh, the Thunder beat up the Warriors today, and it was not a close game. And I think the thing here is we kind of put them on the back burner when we thought about, that. you know, they traded um, uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. So what the hell do they have? Well, they brought in Chris Paul, and he's still a great player. And um, SGA from the Clippers is a really good up-and-comer. So Danilo Gallinari, one of the better players in the NBA, he's just had issues staying healthy throughout his career. So this team is going to win games that no one expects them to. And uh, they already did that by beating the Warriors today. So we'll see if uh, this is something that's going to keep up. Or if they are going to sell the rest of the farm, they're stacking, you know, first round picks. So, you know, Stephen Adams is on this team. Chris Paul is on this team. I think their contracts are tougher to figure out. That's why they're still on the Thunder at this point, because they seem dead set to trade a bunch of pieces. But if they don't, I think this team is good enough to steal some wins here and there where they shouldn't. The Grizzlies are one and two. I mean, they have their one win was by one point in overtime. So it's going to be a long year. I mean, you've got a first year head coach at Taylor Jenkins. You've got studs. I mean, you know, young, young studs, but studs and John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. and uh, Brandon Clark. So uh, I think that this is going to be. This is going to be good in about two to three years. This year, it's not going to be very good, and it's a, a difficult time to be bad because there are so many good teams on the top end. It's going to feel like you're getting your head kicked in uh, every other night. So it's going to be a long year if you're a Memphis fan, and I haven't really seen anything so far to change my uh, tune on that. Now, there's a couple of teams that don't have a win. Let's go through them so we're not uh, – I don't want to burn through these teams, but – New Orleans is 0-3, obviously starting the year out, um, missing Zion is hurting them. But uh, they've also had Drew Holiday miss the last game. So it's kind of a double whammy here, but they haven't been beat badly. They haven't been beat by double digits by anybody. They lost by three on the road against the Rockets. They lost 123-116 to at home against Dallas and they went to Toronto and lost to the champs, uh, one thirty to one twenty-two. So obviously, very high-scoring games. Uh, you're seeing kind of the pace that you expect, and to be honest, probably the results you expect too. I don't think anyone expected the Pelicans to come out and, um, you know, play at the very top of the Western Conference, but maybe compete for an eight seed, I think is the best that we can expect for them and without Zion for the first couple months. And then working him in, you would assume slowly. Why would they rush him in? He's their uh, future of their franchise. So it's uh, going to be a long year for them. 
Uh, Sacramento also 0-3. Um, they've been a little banged up too. De'Aaron Fox has been uh, playing hurt, you know, and um, they lost Marvin Bagley night one. DeAndre Ayton was directly involved, I think, in banging up Fox and Bagley, and then he got suspended. So DeAndre Ayton has done nothing good so far this year. But, um, you know, the Kings are going to be bottom feeders in the Western Conference. They're young and up and coming. I would say they've got a great core just like Memphis does. So there's going to be a little bit. You know, Buddy Heald is great. You got De'Aaron Fox. You got Marvin Bagley. You need to add extra pieces to make it all come together. I know a lot of people like Deadman, at least for fantasy. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy to make the difference. But the biggest one that we have so far is Golden State being 0-2. And it's like people forget, you know, I don't think Golden State is going to be uh, what they were, obviously, without Kevin Durant and without Klay Thompson, you know. And everyone's making fun of Steve Kerr, which I personally love, but I don't know that if it's fair yet. I think we'll get to the point where it will absolutely be fair uh, because, yeah, it's way tougher to coach uh, without a bunch of all-stars on your team, you know, but you still have a great core here. You know, you still have uh, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and D'Angelo Russell. So I think people are panicking. Charles Barkley, we saw, said that they aren't going to be good enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference this year with how deep it is. I, that's a bunch of nonsense. I love Chuck and I love him stirring it up and he wasn't shying away because he said that right in front of Clay Thompson. So, you know, I, I love that kind of talk. I love that kind of chatter, but it's just a bunch of noise. I, I don't think that the Warriors are in danger of missing the playoffs because they lost their first two games, uh, but they were embarrassed in uh, that second game against the Thunder. So, you know, they just need to get it all acting right. And D'Angelo Russell's coming over. He's new. He got ejected tonight. Um, not a very good uh, not a very good start for them. But they're going to, you know, they play the Pelicans and the Suns. And uh, then they've got the Spurs. That's a tough one. But Charlotte's coming up. They've got some very winnable games here. And uh, I would not, I would be very surprised to see them lose to the Pelicans. I'll say that. If that happens, then maybe I'm on here singing a different tune in a couple days. But, uh I think that they're going to be just fine. But a lot of people are panicking about them. Let me know what you think. You can follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports at Is It The Welsh for the Welsh. He will be here to talk to you guys tomorrow about the big slate of games that we have coming up on a Monday. You will hear from him tomorrow. And that is going to wrap it up for me on Hardwood Takeaways. Take it easy, everybody. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.